Today's lesson is on friendship, courtesy of Matthew the tax collector. However, to understand the lesson, we have to be able and we have to be willing to read between the lines of the gospel passage we just heard. Now, when we do that, among other things, what we learn is what kind of friend Matthew himself was to other people. We're told in this story that one day Jesus saw Matthew at his customs post and he said to him, follow me. And Matthew got right up and followed Jesus. Now at first it might be hard for us to imagine that kind of scenario happening. Jesus speaks, Matthew jumps up and boom, goes with him right away. But in all likelihood, the tax collector had already heard Jesus preach. In all likelihood, he had already seen him perform a miracle or two. In that case, his immediate response to our Lord is not so surprising. It's understandable. Then the scene shifts to Matthew's house, where a big dinner party is taking place involving Jesus and our Lord's disciples, and many of Matthew's old friends, none of whom, incidentally, is what you would call a pillar of the community. They were a colorful cast of characters, to say the least. And the self-righteous Pharisees are more than happy to point that fact out to our Lord's apostles. They say, What's your teacher, what's this rabbi doing with all this riffraff? Well, Jesus overhears their remark and he responds, Those who are healthy do not need a doctor, the sick do. I did not come to call the righteous, but sinners. As I reflected on this scene the other day and tried myself to read between the lines of the story, there were certain points that stood out to me regarding Matthew as a friend. First of all, he made what had to be a very difficult decision to leave his tax collecting behind and follow Jesus. He did that in part, I'm convinced, because he wanted to be a better friend to others. Now, you have to read between the lines to see this. It certainly wasn't his primary motivation in following our Lord, but I'm convinced it was there in the background. You see, Matthew knew the kind of person that he had been in the past. A lying, cheating, typical tax collector who had gotten filthy rich by ripping off his own people, the Jews, and supporting the evil, occupying Roman government. That's what tax collectors were about. That's why they were hated so much. He also sensed what kind of person Jesus was. He sensed that this man was different. He was holy, merciful, faithful, righteous. He was everything Matthew wasn't. And I think Matthew realized that if he left his past behind, and spent most of his future time with this Jesus, in all likelihood, he understood he'd become more like him. And that would make him a better person. Therefore, it would make him a better, more loyal, more righteous friend. 
to the people he really cared about on this earth. Secondly, Matthew, and this is very clear from the story, was not ashamed of his new friendship with Jesus. He didn't try to hide it from any of his friends, his old friends, his sinner friends. If he had been ashamed, he would have had two separate dinner parties, one for Jesus and the apostles, and one for his old sinner buddies. But he didn't do that. He had one big event. Thirdly, Matthew desperately wanted those old friends of his to meet Jesus Christ, his new friend. I'm convinced that's why he had this dinner party immediately after his conversion. He was overjoyed. He was excited about this new relationship in his life. And he wanted his friends to have the same kind of relationship in their lives. And finally, Matthew, I'm convinced, was ready to draw the line with respect to his old relationships. If his old friends had rejected Jesus after meeting him, or worse, if they had tried in some way to undermine Matthew's relationship with our Lord, I am absolutely convinced Matthew would have said to them, Sayonara. He would have let him go. If it came down to choosing between Jesus and his old buddies, Jesus was going to win. He was not going to throw away that relationship for anybody. Which leads, I would say, to the key questions of the day. What kind of friend are you to other people? Are you a friend like Matthew? I have to answer those questions myself today. Now, to answer them, you have to go back to those points I just made about Matthew himself. I started off by saying that Matthew made the decision to follow Jesus because he knew that he would be a better friend to others if he grew closer to our Lord. Interestingly enough, I know a lot of people today who hesitate to follow Jesus, who hesitate to strike up a friendship with Jesus because they think that if they do that, they will become less of a friend to others. And you know what? That's true. That it, they will become less of a friend if their human friendships are rooted in sin. And sometimes they are. For example, if your friendship with Joe centers around the fact that the two of you like to get drunk together every Friday and Saturday night, you're definitely not going to want a friendship with Jesus Christ, the kind of friendship that Matthew had. Because if you draw near to our Lord, you know you're going to have to stop your wild partying. And you don't want to do that. And in the process, you see, your friendship with Joe is going to disintegrate. Because the basis of your friendship, that sin of drunkenness, is going to be gone. In the same way, those who are involved in sexual relationships outside of marriage, these people are also reluctant to have a deep friendship with Jesus because if they do draw close to our Lord in that way, they know they're going to have to change their behavior. And in the process, the people they are sexually involved with might walk away. 
and probably will walk away. Do I believe, like Matthew did, that having Jesus Christ as my best friend will make me the best possible friend I can be to other people? See, that can be a tough one because it ultimately brings into play the last point I mentioned. I said Matthew was ready to draw the line with respect to his old relationships. If his old buddies had tried to undermine his relationship with Jesus in any way, Matthew was prepared to say sayonara. He was prepared to let go of those old friends and choose Jesus. I'm sure he didn't want it to be either or, but if it was either or, he was prepared to make the right decision. I think we all know letting go of old friends, even if they're not the most virtuous of friends, can be very difficult. Another point I made about the ex-tax collector was he was not ashamed of his relationship with Jesus. He didn't try to hide that fact from his old sinner friends. He was very open about it. If we are a friend to others like Matthew, then our friends will definitely know how committed we are to Jesus and our Catholic faith. We'll make sure of it. The temptation can be strong, of course, to act otherwise, to hide it. In this regard, I read a, a great story the other day. I have a book that I was just given of witness stories, people's personal testimonies about how they came to Christ. One of the stories in that book concerned this young woman named Melanie Welsh. She had a very powerful conversion experience during her high school years and was very dedicated as a Catholic during that time, especially during her latter high school years. Then she went off to college, and her college happened to be a big party school. So she made the decision that in order to fit in, she would keep her Catholicism and her friendship with Jesus hidden. She'd still keep it, of course, but she wouldn't advertise it in any way. No one would know about it. But you see, all that changed after an encounter she had with another student named Nick. Listen to what she says in this regard. She writes, Nick was the muscular, tan, dark-haired guy who lived across the hall. He was the kind of guy whom every girl liked and every guy wanted to be. He paid a lot of attention to me. We spent time together and got to know each other pretty well. Or so I thought. One day, Nick commented on my outfit as I walked down the hall. You look really good. Where are you going? We were well into the college semester. I was confident in my friendships at this point, and I decided that it was time to come clean about being Catholic. In fact, I thought that Nick might be impressed to discover that I was a Christian girl with values. I'm going to church, I responded batting my eyes. He didn't hide his surprise. You're going to church? Yeah, I go to church every Sunday. I went on to tell him about how I was this really Catholic girl and that my nickname in high school used to be Mother Teresa. 
I thought this new information was impressing him until he spoke again in that same confused voice. Huh. I would never have guessed that you were Catholic. I was stunned. Why not? He chuckled and said, I just never would have guessed it by the way you dress, the way you talk, the jokes you tell, and the way you dance. Wow, I just never would have guessed that. Needless to say, Melanie was crushed. But the experience finally woke her up to reality. After a few hours of crying in her room and reassessing her life, she vowed to renew her friendship with Jesus and to be open about it with all of her earthly friends. Like Matthew was open about his friendship with Jesus with his friends. And finally, I noted that Matthew desperately wanted his old friends to meet Jesus, his new friend, and that this is why he hosted that dinner party at his house immediately after his conversion. That's one way of saying that after his conversion, Matthew became very intent on evangelizing the people he knew and loved. Are you as intent on evangelizing your friends? If your friendship with Jesus is number one in your life, then you should be. In this regard, and this is very timely to mention since the Steubenville East trip is coming up in just a few weeks, when teenagers come to me and say that they're not going to go to Steubenville East this year or they're not going to go to a Youth 2000 retreat that they could go to or they're, they're not going to go to a Bread of Life weekend because, quote, I already went, Father Ray. I already had my experience with Jesus. I blow a cork. <laughs> Now, I know it's hard to believe me losing my cool, but trust me, you know, there are legitimate reasons why teens can't go. I understand that. That's not a legitimate reason. I say to those teenagers, all right, wonderful, but what about your friends? You've got friends, don't you? You've got friends who don't know Jesus Christ. What about inviting them to go and then going with them? Don't you care about your friends' souls? Don't you care about their eternal salvation? I say this to teens and I say this to everybody here. The Christian life is not about you and Jesus, period. And some Christians think it is. Me and Jesus? No. That kind of thinking is ruining the church. Because it's causing people to keep their faith all to themselves. The Christian Faith is about you, Jesus, and your brothers and sisters. So the first time you go on one of these retreats, I tell teens, yeah, you should go for yourself, because you need it. But if at all possible, you should go again, for the sake of your friends, for the sake of the people you really care about, to help them to have the same kind of transforming encounter with Jesus that you have. If it was great for you, why don't you want them to have it too? See, that's what Matthew would have done. I'm absolutely certain about it.
What kind of friend are you? Are you a friend to other people like Matthew? Saint Matthew, great apostle and great friend, pray for us that we will learn from your example and cultivate good, healthy, Christ-centered friendships in our lives like you did in yours.